What's up, guys? Uh, I'm Yanni. I'm here with my two friends, Mark and Christian. This is our first attempt at recording a show, and let's see how it goes. We don't have a name yet, but hopefully by the time it's published, it'll have some title that we're not embarrassed by. Yeah, yeah. we'll figure it out. It's a photography show. Uh, ah, I think good that point. we're... we're... We're going to discuss all things photography. Um, all of us are photographers in different aspects of life. I'm a professional photographer. I mainly shoot weddings and portraiture. Um, I'm just now getting into branding and interior design work. Uh, and Mark, what do you do? Well, mostly casual travel, family, love of the street. You know, I've always been into photography for at least always, but at least the last 10 years or so. Um, just in different shapes and forms, but mostly travel and family stuff. And I, I mean, what, uh, what kind of work do you shoot? I shoot now mostly street, but I've, over the years, I've done a little bit of astrophotography. I was really into car photography for a while. I family stuff, obviously travel. I carry pretty much a suitcase for the cameras cause I'm extra like that <laughs> But right now. Same, it's same. Right now, it's almost all street photography. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, I should clarify uh, when I say family, I don't mean other people's family, my own family. Just, just to be clear, for it's not creepy, I guys. Other, other people's families, because <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, I'm also the only one with no children, so uh, <laughs> I don't have a family to share. Rub it in, rub it in. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. For this episode, we're going to start off talking about a couple of things that we've been reading about, uh, mainly starting with the Pixie camera, which is really interesting. I think there's a huge debate online about this right now. Um, it's an APS-C rangefinder camera with a Leica M mount. And it's like kind of weird. It's really highly priced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, I, I, this one, I was actually looking forward to it because I, it, Again, as I guess everybody will probably learn, I'm the the gearhead, so to speak. I'm always like switching up cameras and looking at different things. So I was really interested by it. Not necessarily that I was deciding to go get one, but it was just intriguing. And once it finally launched recently at the price I saw, plus the specs and just what it is, it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, the reality of it is, is that the price point, the specs, and, and you know, the fact that you have to use a smartphone. I, I actually just read yesterday that it actually doesn't even take SD cards. So it's either four or eight gigs of memory oh, and wow. that's it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I've been seeing that around. I have to confirm it, but you know, and when you look at that and the price point, you know, it starts to ask the question, why not just actually get a Leica, right? Why not actually get an M9 or an M240 or 262? I mean, you're still at that price. I mean, if yeah, you right, want to exactly, stick to the APS-C. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good point. Yeah. But I mean, if you want to stick to the true rangefinder, I mean, you have options now um, where, you know, the price, but like I said, the I think the price point's the big one for me, right? You know, I, I think if it was, you know, anywhere under two thousand, it would be still niche, but it would be all right, cool. Well, you know, you as a pro Christian, right? Okay, I have my pro cameras, but I have this thing that I play with, and you know, sure, I don't shoot crazy, a crazy amount of pictures on it, but it's this really cool experience, and you know, it's a small device, and, and it can use my existing lenses. But it definitely point, feels like a toy. Yeah, right. But at the price point, I think it just takes it out of the you know realm of reality so in the notes it says that it's 11 megapixel is that right i i saw that again i was doing a little bit of research before this and yeah it's it's a 
from what I saw, is approximately 11 megapixels. I, I didn't actually see it listed on the website. Um, exactly. I saw something. <laughs> yeah, I saw like, something on Reddit saying, hey, it's, it's only about this or maybe one of these other, you know, phones. That embarrassed me because I'm looking at the specs and it doesn't list the megapixels anywhere. And it, yeah. at base ISO 320 I mean, with APS-C, that's like grain this big everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, it just seems like the developers of the camera didn't put much thought into it other than like the exterior design, like the aesthetic of the camera. And it is a pretty camera for sure. It's a pretty camera. Uh, I don't know if it's as pretty as a Leica, but it costs the same as a Leica. So I think it should be up to par with spec. And if they wanted to keep it like kind of like the M10D where it's like you don't have a screen and stuff, that's also fine. I think there's people that are into that. I'm personally not, but you know, the Leica M10D from, from what I've seen has done really well uh the pixie just doesn't hold up at all like across the board it's kind of a fail yeah i I think go ahead yanni there's a lot of like i'm reading here like independent led backlit frame lines for standard prime lenses 28 35 40 and 50 but this is an aps-c camera so it's like the the smallest lens you can use on a 42 millimeter yeah that's a good point is that the widest lens and like a 50 is a 75 millimeter now like yeah, that, that you'll actually get frame lines finder. for, right? That you'll actually get frame lines for as right. well. So, so yeah, and actually, I, I, that's a good point. How would that work? I mean, when they say 28 millimeter, I mean, if you put a 28 milli- millimeter full frame like lens on there, mount lens on it, it's effectively 40 millimeters. So are they saying that we, you know, map that out for standard frame lines? I mean, so it would be, as you said, 42 millimeter frame lines. You know, I, I would assume it has Wait, to be that. But I don't think that 18 millimeter M mount lens exists. It might, there might be one or two, but it does. Why would it you? does, it yeah. does. Like, uh, it exists, but it's, it's, um, it's not their, their pipe. It's like not a bestseller. That's for sure. And I, um, and a 27 yeah. definitely does not exist to make 40 millimeters. So these are Mm-mm. 40 millimeter full frame lens frame lines, which will be 60 something millimeters. Yeah. It's insane. And 0.67 magnification. Yeah, I just, so, I really don't think that this was, this was thought out very well. Yeah. What do you know? Do you have the megapixels on the EVF? Hold up. No, it doesn't have an EVF. It's optical. That's right. The rangefinder. Yeah. But it's point six seven. I, I thought it was a digital rangefinder. It says optical viewfinder. Yeah. With rangefinder. Yeah, optical so it's just like a with... digital digital Leica M, right? Where it's like it's digital, meaning it shoots you know raw files. Right. And, and right. So, right. right. It's, yeah. So it's yeah, it, it's just. Okay. It's, I think, again, I was kind of intrigued by the camera when it was first announced because, like, oh, this is cool, something that's different. It, I mean, if you think about the uh, M mount clones, if you will, that you know kind of date back to like the film days, right? You had what was it, the Zeiss Icon, you had the Voigtlander Bestas, you have all these other film cameras that were you know M mount capable that you know, yeah, they were kind of quirky and not quite there, but I mean, if you really wanted to start out with that, that would be kind of cool. I was kind of hoping that's what would come out of this project where it'd be. Yeah, if you'd want something that's probably not with the build quality, you know, probably not made of brass, probably doesn't have the fit and finish and, you know, um, you know, standards that would, you know, fit the like a price range, but you wanted to get into it or try it out, or again, have as maybe a secondary device to play around with mm-hmm. at a better price point, I, I think it would be great, right? But the fact that it isn't, it's it's actually it's made concessions, I think, in certain places that just make it, you know, up again a poor choice, especially I I'd much like I said, much rather buy you know, an actual M used, you know, get it uh, CLA'd and, you know, move on with my life, right? Probably spend about I'll, the same amount of money. 
Go ahead, this Yanni. Is, this is basically what I paid for my M two sixty two brand new. It was oh, like yeah. thirty two, thirty three hundred bucks is what I paid for brand new from Leica. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Why would I, I mean, buy this? If I were gonna, if I were gonna buy a hobby camera at that price point, I would probably get the Leica CL. Um, but uh, as everyone will probably find out, I'm a huge Leica fanatic. Um, that's what I shoot professionally. Uh, I have a really great relationship with with the store down here in Miami, which is where we're all based. Um, and once I went to Leica, I was shooting Canon before that, and I started shooting Leica, and I haven't looked back. So I kind of can't really see myself buying anything else, um, which is a really biased thing to say, I guess. But uh, maybe a Fuji or even the GR3, I think, is a better choice than this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my, my alternative pick would definitely be a used, you know, M240, 262, and if you want to go lower, like, again, an M9, <laughs> M9 um, versus this. Because, again, I, I think, yeah, okay, this is a brand-new camera, and it has, you know, a global shutter, which, again, I, I, I don't know if that really makes a huge difference. So the global shutter is supposed to help with the, like, you know, wobbliness you get when because of how the shutter moves, right? Uh-huh. I mean – the type of shooting you do with a rangefinder is typically not fast moving objects that would probably render that type of effect. I mean, that's just my thoughts on it too. So I don't know if it matters right. that much. So when you mean the wobbliness, you mean the wobbliness that you got from electronic shutters. So the global electronic shutter is supposed to fix that or? Yeah. I mean, I did, a, to be, I'll be very honest with you. Like I had heard global shutters were this big thing before. And if you think about how shutters move they're they're, you know, along the focal plane, they move up and down. Mm-hmm. So you could still have, in a, I guess in a picture, right? That effect. So the global shutter is supposed to, from what I did some quick research on, is supposed to remedy that. Again, whether or not it's in pictures, I mean, it, you typically see in a video, right? I mean, most times when we think about shutter, it's like the jelliness or whatever, is electronic shutter. Hold on. Is this an electronic leaf shutter? That's a good. Point. I doubt it, man. That sounds like, like way. Global means like round. Every- so I'm like. By the way, I'm very Cuban, so I use my hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think that if it's not a leaf shutter, because then that would, I don't know, well, it just doesn't seem like they would put a leaf shutter I, in something. I don't mean a real leaf shutter, man. I mean, like, it electronically operates like one. Like, it, instead of going across the plane like a regular shutter does, it goes out from, like, the middle or in from the outside. Right, or, right, right, right. It's yeah. possibly where I could think of getting rid of the wobble. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I just did a quick look up. So just to cite the article I was reading, it was actually a B&H article on rolling shutter versus global shutter. Um, so, I mean, maybe the context was in video. But in any case, you know, from what I, again, let's say if it is video related, right? I, even if it does video, I don't shoot video on my Leica M, right? I mean, it's just not something most people probably do. <clears throat> well, I think for the for the M10, they stopped adding the video yeah, feature. Yeah, they, they took it out. Yeah, the 240. Pretty much... Was Nobody was was trying to shoot video on their on their digital like like a M. the non video like a hipster M two six two has no video <laughs> yeah yeah really? so I mean I, yeah. so yeah. only the M two forty does I have no live view at all yeah okay the two forty does I think I saw a, a monochrome oh. that actually still has the video button on it so I and mean, this is just pictures oh. I've seen uh, the M monochrome like from my generation from the two forty monochrome yeah. Got it. Got it. Got so, it. Got right, it. I found the resolution. They put it for in the JPEG format as 
the resolution of the JPEG. So it's 4,080 by 2,732, which is 11.1 megapixels for 3,000 3, euros. Yeah, yeah. Which is so like, like 3,800 5, freedom dollars. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 5, That's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like, I, I guess we should probably make it clear. We're not just here to bash the camera. Like, I actually, I personally had high hopes for it. I was hoping it would have been, even if it wouldn't be something yeah, that would, I saw would it be and... something I'd buy, just something that's like, oh, this is really cool. This is, like, another option, something to right, yeah. you know, add competition. Because, you know, even when I first got into Leica, I remember Jan and I were talking. He's like, yeah, if you want a digital rangefinder, range an actual true rangefinder, your only option right now is a Leica. They're, they're, as far as I know, they know the digital rangefinders. Um, or the Epson RD1. Modern digital rangefinders, <laughs> right? There's none that have in the last, what, like 10 years or something. Um, and yeah, I, was, had, I had high, go ahead, high go hopes, ahead. sorry to interrupt. Uh, I had high hopes for it as well. And it's kind of like, it's it's been a little bit difficult to like, I guess, convince other photographers that uh, that buying Leica is the way to go because it's, it's pricey and not everyone can afford it or not everyone thinks that it's necessary to spend that much on a camera. And I totally get that. Like I fully understand. Um, but it would have been nice to have like kind of like a, an introductory digital range finder. Um, I mean, like it now does have the M E right. It's the M E that's like maybe yeah. around 4,000 us yeah, dollars. Based on the 240, uh, type 240 um, basically. But uh, I know that it's it's hard to come by, really difficult to come by. Uh, I I don't think they made too many of them, and it's still a Leica. So it's like having another option in another like in another brand would have been nice uh, as an introductory digital rangefinder camera um, to maybe at least convince people to start buying like a glass, and then once they did that, finally like make the move to to being full like a like M photographers. Or even like using a lot of, I know a ton of people use the Leica SL with M glass. Like they love that. Um, I'm not a big fan of it just because I don't know. I'm pretty slow to, to focus um, with that setup, but but I know a lot of people love it and swear by it. Like, so the whole using the M glass on a different camera, or using this to like then transition. But why would I buy this instead of buying? I'm gonna say it. An A7. <laughs> well, it, get an it's, A7, put it's, M glass on it, and then eventually transit. Yeah, but it's uh, look. I really wanted to like this thing. It's actually like <laughs> the, I'm looking at the pictures right now. I'm like, I kind of want to hold one. It looks really nice. I, as we've yeah. discussed many times, Christian loves Leica because he thinks Leica's the best. I love Leica because Leica's are pretty. As a camera, I'm like, this is really expensive for not a great camera, but they're so pretty. I love them. And I'm mm -hmm, looking at this yeah. and like, this thing is really cool. I kind of want one. Yeah. It reminds me of like a, like a Contax T2 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what like, I thought about too. I kind of yeah, want to have one, for, but for me, I, I just thought it'd be, for me, I thought it would just be something really modern and cool with, you know, cause again, if you think about like Leica's in general, meaning, meaning the ends, right. It typically uh, very like purist, you know, focused type of cameras. And it would be nice to see something a little bit more, like advanced, right? Taking the concept again of the rangefinder of that M mount, since there's already lenses out there, wouldn't have to develop a whole new system. Um, and you know, taking that and again modernizing, making it making it cool. And I, I thought the same thing. I was like, it's really cool looking. You know, again, 
techie techie wise it's a little cool looking right but it just you know it 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 doesn't seem like something anybody would use as a main camera potentially um not again not at that price point and not with those specs i get my assumption and as a second camera it's also still too expensive to have like something secondary again i you know again i use christian as an example right like or if somebody liked that, where like, you know, you have your SL2, you have, you know, whatever, even if you're shooting like Canon gear or something, you have some main kit that's for your job or for professional purposes, or even if you just wanted something with flexibility, like a zoom, and then you have this as a toy or something as a toy. Again, why would you just get a like, <laughs> I mean, you know, like, yeah. why would you just get like a 40 to six something in that range, you know, or if you want to go older, you know, so it I, just I, fell short. It fell short. Yeah. The only possible target market I could see for this is somebody that wants an MD but doesn't want to pay $8,000 for it because it doesn't have a screen. Is that how much the MD costs? It costs the same thing as a monochrome. Yeah. Oh my God. Like 87? Like, yeah. I love you, but it's 8000 something. Better. Yeah. You know what costs a lot less You got to do better. A regular M and a roll of gaffer's tape. Good to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a Good to go. <laughs> like this feels, this feels like a kickstarter that somebody started it and they're like oh my god we thought we we're gonna be able to do this for like a thousand bucks and now we can't but we need to deliver something and they committed yeah. so they went through with it but nothing here tells me that this is worth three thousand dollars yeah it's not i have a frame. feeling because they sold out so fast i have a feeling that that's what they that's exactly what happened they just get hunched from a financial perspective is okay well we're committed to doing this. It, it won't make a lot of sense to mass produce. So let's make a couple. They'll sell out. We'll break even the org, you know, get whatever money it is we're figuring out we're going to make. Right, right. Um, and hey, try again maybe with version two. That, that's the other thing, by the way, that, that I think is nuts. This is a version one product. And yes, if it's limited production, the cost is going to be more because it's limited production. But, you know, considering this is a underwhelming version one product i just i wouldn't take the risk on this you know for this price point at all i mean even when I think of even, even two thousand dollars right two thousand it's US. not even it's not even a software-based camera because if you're telling me like they put a nice high evf in it right uh and then they could just run software updates and, and kind of bring out features as they come out almost like a tesla yeah. or something like where yeah, it's like it's, you're it's buying not, something yeah. that's going to be useful for many for for many months yeah. slash years to come they really just it fell short in so many ways they limited it, it you know it's it's really tough to to give it a thumbs up you just you hit my next point useful for many years to come you need an app for this thing to function i don't think pixie is long for this world unless they come out with something a lot cheaper there's not going to be an app that functions on your phone like in another two years probably so your camera that you just paid three thousand something dollars for is you're either gonna have to buy like an old iPhone to like carry around with you just to use your camera, which you might as well just take to the back and now you have an EVF or a <laughs> viewfinder of C D screen. <laughs> but this camera it has a limited shelf life of a few years until the app stops working and then yeah. then what? Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. I think and that, many, I don't know. As a product in general, like forget that it's a camera. Like as a product in general, there's so little thought put into it that it's kind of upsetting. It's almost like it's almost like offensive in a way. Where <laughs> who do you expect to buy this, man? Like, like oh, do you sold. think of all these things? Like, isn't that what R and D is for? 
Okay, so let's see what what else what else is going on in the in the world um, of of tech and gear stuff. So uh, I think we have a new Leica coming out. Speaking of Leica, the the M10R. Uh, they haven't announced it yet, but they are talking about that it might have this either the same sensor as the SL2, which is forty seven megapixels, or they might do the same sensor the color version of the sensor of the m10 monochrome which is 40 megapixels uh that supposedly does a little bit better in low light i personally i have an sl2 and i have a q2 which share the same sensor and before buying both cameras i went back and forth eternally with so many people and read so many things online and listened to so many reviews um and some people really thought that the low light performance of these cameras of the SL2 and the Q2 was not very good. Um, and it, it deterred me from buying the Q2 specifically for a long time, for almost a year, for, for basically a year, I didn't buy it. I, so I actually bought the QP before I bought the Q2 instead of just buying the Q2 because I didn't hear good things about the low light performance of the Q2. Um, and then once I got the SL2, I realized that it was fine. And then I, I mean, I haven't had any issues. I think it looks great. Like I, I have to though. Who kept on telling you that the Q2 was not bad in low light? Who kept on telling you that it wasn't bad? <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, the lesson of the day is listen to Daniel from now on. <laughs> yeah, I think we have an acronym for that, but yeah, that's probably for another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm oh, a big man. fan of high megapixels. Except Would you guys be interested in? Oh, go for it. Sorry. In the M10R. Why? Because the like the R has a stand for like really hard to focus. Because I have enough trouble with my standard, what is it, 24 megapixel 262 focusing. Like I zoom in, I'm like, ooh, this looks really bad. It looked really good on the low viewfinder. Yeah. I cannot imagine trying to focus on 40 plus megapixels. Yeah. What do you mean focus on? It, it's 40. I like, never. Yeah, higher resolution cameras are going to, or higher resolution output it, are going to show like every little imperfection. Like if you, like think about camera shake, for instance, right? If you had a low resolution sensor and you have a slight out of focus, slight, to shake it's going to show more when you crank up resolution or if the resolution that that sensor is a lot higher so it's, it's more critical to kind of like nail focus get things perfect or else it's going to show like it's just every little imperfection is going to show so right you know it, it, i mean yeah you know i can I mean, see and, that and i think i think especially to the guy's point it you know an autofocus camera short sure, right autofocus in modern day is pretty reliable pretty good you know if it it misses every now and then but you know it but manual focusing, especially like, you know, wide aperture lenses, like that's going to be tough. And if you miss, you're going like to miss. Like a Noctilux? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's the I same mean, thing as a Noctilux, just in size. Okay. Any Anything you miss, like if you don't nail critical focus perfectly, there's, it's, you're going to notice when you zoom in. If you yeah. don't zoom in, then, then it's fine. But I don't know, like. High megapixel for the Q, love it. Like I'm dying for a Q2. I think that's my perfect camera. For the SL2, amazing. For the M, 
don't really care. For you, <laughs> professionally, go for it. Yeah, uh, I have noticed that the low light performance on my M10 isn't the best. Um, but I'm also shooting newer technology, you know, with the SL2 and the Q2. So it's, it's kind of, it's hard to compete with newer technology that's going to perform better at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. The low light with your M, the issue is in the megapixels. It's just that Leica doesn't really put really good sensors in their M's. They never have. Like they're yeah. always at least one generation behind everybody else's sensors. Right. Yeah, it's probably because they spent so much time on it that by the time they put they, they get it out to production, it's already behind. Whereas like Sony puts out a new sensor like every five minutes, um, which is annoying. Like I found that I was for, for a very short period, I think for four or five months in 2018, I was shooting Sony and I had just bought the Sony A7R three. And like, I think like the following week, it was already like, they were announcing the A7R4. And I was like, dude, <laughs> like every time you buy a camera, it's like kaput within five minutes. And that's yeah. kind of annoying, dude. Like at least with Leica, they take their time, they do things right. And then you don't get another iteration of a camera for like, you know, yeah. at least another like big step up for another three, four five years. Pro tip guys. When Leica starts putting out a bunch of special editions of a camera, that means that there will be a new version, an actual new version of that camera coming soon. So don't spend a lot of money on a Lenny Kravitz monochrome or something, because you're going to be really angry when the 40 megapixel monochrome comes out like six months later. Yeah. Just saying. You mean the ugliest Leica to ever exist? <laughs> hey, I kind of like it. But the snakeskin one? It's that's, ugly, that's, no, that's, the brass, the, that's the brass it's one. It's uglier than the oh. M5. Oh, oh, gosh. Don't go there. No, no. no. <laughs> I, I, I don't think, any, think so. So I guess that's a new topic. Christian really likes the M5. I want an M5. I also, <laughs> I also want an M5 because uh, my wife and I were in Florence. And usually my wife is the one who books our hotel rooms when we travel for work. Not usually, always. She always is the one that does our booking and stuff. I don't kind of pay attention to anything until we finally get there. She happened to book us a hotel room literally next door to the Leica store in Florida. <laughs> so when we get dropped off by our Uber from the airport, I like I'm like looking at the hotel and looking at the and I look at the building next to us and I'm like are you serious? Like, did you do this on purpose? And she was just like, why, why did I do this? Like, <laughs> she had no idea. It just so happened to like be like that. So of course we, you know, we go and check in, put our suitcases on. I was like, well, I'm going to pop over to Leica store real quick. <laughs> like, it's literally next door. So I walk in there and mind you, I had her, we had, you know, spent a good amount of our budget on this trip already. And I had already bought a bunch of like different things like camera related things on the trip. And I walk into the store and they have an almost perfect. It wasn't, I think it had like a tiny little nick on the back of the, of the leatherette on the back side of the camera, which is fine. Like, I don't care about that for 500 Euro. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to buy this. And like, and I was like in my head as any guy would, I was like, I need to tell my wife I'm going to spend this because she's just going to be upset if I don't. 
So I go and I tell her, I'm like, listen, there's a camera next door. I think I'm going to buy it. And she gave me the hardest stank face ever. <laughs> and I was like, fine, fine. All right, you win. Like, I'm not going to even argue this. It's fine. I'll find it again. Wrong. Prices skyrocketed <laughs> after that. I haven't seen it for less than 1200 bucks. And that's like, oh, so, so one. Uh, and this one even had like, it was going to have like a warranty and everything because I bought it from the store. <laughs> dude what a what a mistake so that's something that like i think about almost daily and that's one of the reasons i want an m5 so bad the memory of the m5 is more beautiful than the m5 though <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like a sad story I, I think it's a cool i think it's a cool looking camera i was just we were joking around um yesterday or day before and i just got my lfi in the mail um the like photography international magazine in the very back of the magazine i should go grab it so you guys can see it literally says we love our leicas and it's a picture of the m5 and it says we love our leicas all of them because so many people think the m5 is so ugly what is that thing why is it so big but i like I think that Christian... it's big i have like humongous hands so even my m10 without if i don't have like my my leather case on it and the thumbs up and stuff it feels too small for my hands wow I, I think you just said that you told me your M6. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's true. That's that, also true. So M6 is actually an interesting topic as well because I was on a call for work and I don't know why cameras came up, whatever. Somebody else brought it up in. Um, uh, one of my coworkers was like, yeah, you know, my husband buys, you know, all this stuff at B&H and, you know, I think he had a like or whatever. And um, so we just we just started talking about that and went on, on, a, on a tangent. And so I... I got my M6 last year in good shape on eBay. Um, you know, still works fine or whatever. It looks like somebody barely used it for about 1600 And at that point in time, it wasn't a cheap price. It was like, all right, yeah, you know, kind of going price. Like, you know, if there were an MSRP for a user or average price, that's what it would be. And I don't think right now, just about a year later, I can find any M6s that are in similar shape for under $2,000. Not even counting, you know, forget Leica store and, you know, places that are going to obviously put a, right. a, a market yeah. on it. I, I went back on eBay just before this call, um, you know, to, to take a quick peek at it. And it's like, yeah, everything that was similar that didn't look like it was beat up or didn't need work or anything was like $2,000 and up. So, and I actually took a look at YouTube and maybe it's just because of what obviously I've, I've been looking at, but everybody's making like an M6 videos now. It's like a cult camera thing. We're like, everybody's doing it. We talked about, we were joking about Matt day before we started recording that, you know, like, yeah, Matt day is probably like single-handedly up the price of M6s because of his videos as well. So it's, yep. It just so happened to be like three months after I sold mine to Yanni <laughs> for less than 2000. <laughs> When's the best day to buy it's all right. Like, Realistically, I mean, the reason I sold it was because I um, found that I was shooting a lot of film and it was becoming a very, very expensive hobby. Um, and I, of course, I love photography. I appreciate film. Um, I think shooting film was fun. Um, but after doing it for like two years solid, I decided that it just wasn't for me. I'm not, you know, I just prefer to shoot digital and have the, fo the photo on my phone, like right away, be able to connect my phone to my cameras and um, post it online or whatever it is. Uh, 
I know a lot of people, a lot of purists would disagree with me for whatever A, B, and C reason. And I get it. Like, I really do. I get the, I get the appeal of film and shooting film and the fact that you really, you know, you're making something um, and it's a lot more of an art statement to shoot film than it is to shoot digital. But it just, I didn't find that it was for me. Um, so I decided to let, let go of my M3 first, which was my first Leica. Um, and it, I kind of regret that one more so than the M6 because that was I, like a piece of history and it was in perfect condition. I had that with a version one Sumalux, 50 Sumalux. Um, and I sold it to a college kid who was like over the moon about it. Actually, his dad bought it for him for his graduation. He was like freaking out. So I'm glad it went to a good home. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I miss it, but at the same time, it would have just been sitting on my shelf. Like I, I have so many cameras now that I, I have the QP, the Q2, the SL2, the M10. Um, and then I, I have a, like a mini looks that my wife gifted me last year for my birthday. Uh, and that's kind of like my film camera. So if I want to shoot film, it's just a point and shoot and I'm okay with that. Cute. Yanni, you're muted. Oh, I switched. So my whole thing with film, I'm a photographer that I don't think like I'm creating art. I just like taking photos. So using film, all right, I go out and take photos and then I like coming home and editing my photos. Like I, the second I get home, I upload them into my computer and start right. editing. That's the first thing I do. With film, I get to go out and shoot. And I shoot black and white so I could come home and now I could develop my film. And then after that, I could scan my film. And then after that, I could edit my photos. So I have like all these steps in between that my two hours of shooting now became like eight hours of activities that I could do. And it extends my actual shooting ability because I don't always have time to go out and shoot anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, a big part of also why the, you know, why I was adding up to shoot so much film was because A, I wasn't interested in developing at all. I just didn't have the interest in it. Um, B, I think that uh, the lab, I was using Indie, uh, Indie Film Lab and they were doing a fantastic job uh, with my film. And I just wanted to support them. So I kept sending my film out to them and it was like paying for the film, then paying for the shipping, then paying for them to develop it and then to scan it and then send it back. And it was just like, Every time I was shooting a couple of roles, I was spending 200 bucks, 300 bucks. And I was like, dude, it adds up, man. You know? So I think that if you're developing your own stuff, then it's cool. But it's just yeah. not something I was interested in. And it just added, it added up too quickly. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm kind of of the same mind or same thinking as Nani is as far as like extending the hobby. One thing that, you know, again, this is something that was useful with kids, right? I, I don't get to go out as much and shoot. So if I go out and shoot maybe a couple of roles or one role, whatever, you know, it, even if I don't develop it that night, which is usually what happens, I don't do it the same night. It's like, okay, next weekend I'll sit, grab a drink, go in my washroom, which is my like, uh, my laundry room is my uh, makeshift uh, dark room, um, you know, develop it, whatever. Maybe the next day I scan it and so on. And so it becomes this thing where it, it's stretched out over time. The other thing that I really like and talk about just like, I just like, like you know, you said, just like taking pictures is what sold me on like a film cameras. Cause I had, you know, um, uh, Canon SLRs like an AE1 and an AE or A1 as well in the past it's just like the shutter sound in the field right like it just it's just way different to me than any other film SLR that I've used or film camera that I've used so it's just there's like a 
you know, tactile feel to it. It sounds really, you know, cheesy and whatever, but just I mean, to show no, yourself. I totally just, get that, man. You know, yeah, it's it just, for me at least, that's why I like shooting with it, you know, because I have oh, a my M film phone to shoot and it's, you know, it's like, all right, it sounds like a robot, you know, this is just click, shots made, so. Yeah, yeah, I really like that that tactile feel with my M3 and then the it was a double stroke and that was like a really great feeling too. So I get it, I really do. Um, and I miss it sometimes, but then I think about it and I'm like, like I still have, I think three or four rolls of film that I shot on my on my mini looks, and I haven't sent out because I usually don't send out anything less than five, and I almost never pick up my mini looks anymore, um, you know. And if I do, I'll shoot like one photo with it a day. Like if I take it out, I'm shooting one photo or two max, and that's it. Um, <clears throat> but to be fair, it is COVID. I haven't been traveling. I suppose when I travel, I'll probably shoot a lot more, but we'll see. Um, I really hope this is over soon. Yeah, tell me about it. These are my wife's four rolls from our Grand Circle, Grand Canyon National Park Still? trip that I haven't sent out because I had one roll of portrait in the M6 that I was shooting, which took me seven months to shoot. And I just finished it. And I'm guessing I'm going to send it out. But the other part is, I don't like paying the find lab like a million dollars per roll to develop color film and it hurts me and yeah. i just don't i rather i don't know it's, <laughs> it's a mental block yeah yeah man i get it i get it for sure um i it's i think about guys like like uh joe greer who and like william Verbeek and uh Who's the negative feedback guy? George uh, Muncie. You know yeah. George Muncie, yeah. yeah. Where they only shoot film and like, dude, these guys are like, I can't imagine what they're spending on film. I, I don't yeah. think they're developing their own film. You know what I no. mean? No, they, they, I mean, they, I they actually shoot COVID, too much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, I was actually, there's one of them, one of those, you know, can YouTube uh, social media film personalities like they were talking i think it was joe greer he was talking about um that he used to at some point or something and or actually no it was matt day i just remember now and he says it's just you know he spends his time shooting and just hey that's part of the convenience of it for him is that you know okay i, I finish a roll and you know probably stockpile a couple send them off and then continue shooting he doesn't have to spend the time to dev and scan every single thing i think for me personally i don't shoot that much film so I've actually only racked this up here because I, I thought my chemicals were expired and they've been sitting and some of this is black and white. So it's the reason I have so many, you know, sitting here. Cause I like a night like Dude, tonight. I'm going to, you yeah. should come by. I'll give you my chemicals, man. I should have brought them for you the other day. Oh, uh, sure. I have Thanks. some chemicals that I'm literally never going to use for sure. Awesome. Like, yeah. yeah. But you see to be shooting like those guys and have be able to send out your film and shoot so many rolls of film. We need to have a successful YouTube channel. <laughs> that's like step number one yeah yeah for sure. sure man for like sure shooting one roll of film per day or two rolls per day to produce a video seems fine shooting two rolls of film a day to take pictures of a tree in my backyard that's so much yeah no. yeah well I, I i think that's you know going back to i guess the differences in photography and how we approach it for i guess the three of us right i mean christian you're like i said working pro yanya i don't really have any particular reason other than like you know the hobby itself or to keep up with our 
Instagram accounts, so, which we, we got to share that later on, I guess, at some point, <laughs> just to make sure everybody can find us in, in case somebody like and subscribe. To this. Yeah, like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like, so that's, that's the tough part, right? It's like, you know, uh, finding the time to shoot and shoot enough to find a balance where you're not just shooting everything for one and shooting things you actually like. At least that's my challenge right now. So, dude, even Speaking now that COVID, it's been tough to kind of keep up with the very few things I've been shooting. Um, so it's, what it's, are you are you shooting anything this week? Do you have anything going on, Christian? So currently things are pretty bad in Florida. I mean, you guys live in Miami, so you know damn well what's going on here. Uh and my wife and I are being very <laughs> careful. <laughs> we're being really careful and we're keep trying to keep our exposure down. Um I have a shoot this week. Um I'm not doing any shoots outside of anyone's home. I'm not doing any shoots that involve more than an immediate family. So like no extended family. I don't want to do anything that's like more than three or four people, including the kids. Um, I'm not doing any public parks, any public areas at all. Uh, only indoor in, in home <clears throat> or immediate vicinity of home, you know, outdoor, uh, it's just it's too much it's too much risk for not just me but for my clients um and and i want to keep my clients safe so this has been really tough you know it's been really tough obviously weddings are completely on the back burner um and the further we go along the more weddings get canceled and postponed um which is to be expected you know it's not surprising at all uh and most of our work now is just coming from pretty much the back and forth correspondence of postponing weddings, believe it or not. Like that's a majority of our work is postponing weddings. It sucks. It's horrible. And we have so many brides that are like devastated. So many brides that have just canceled outright. And they're like, you know what? Like, fuck it. I'm not going to get married anymore. I'm not going to have a wedding anymore. Not get, not, not get married, but not have a wedding. They'll just do like a courthouse thing, just them two. And that's it. Um, and and since i'm trying to keep my exposure down it's just like there's not much i can do you know um i'm definitely keeping things to a minimum i'm not doing more than two shoots a week uh i think this week i have i have tomorrow one tomorrow one friday and i just booked one for this saturday today uh but normally i i would already be maxed out at two for the week um it's it's tough man it's tough. It's a tough game right now for, for photography. Uh, a lot of people are scared to go out and do street photography. I think the safest type of photography right now is probably landscape, I imagine, because you don't really have to, you know, you're out in nature. You don't have to, like, count on anyone. You could just go out by yourself and shoot landscape or architecture maybe even. Actually, architecture pro probably is a great time right now because <laughs> there's no one on the street and makes yeah. it really easy. Um, but, but, man in terms of weddings and portraiture it's it's been a hard it's been a hard couple of months man have you had anybody that is like still going through their wedding like try to get you to shoot their wedding or like i still want my portraits right now i don't care about covid and you don't want to anything like that happen <laughs> um not really don't name any honest. names <laughs> no 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 <laughs> no not really um we just had a wedding canceled outright 
that was that the bride was kind of gung ho, like, I don't care what's happening. I'm not having a COVID wedding. I don't want any mass at my wedding. Uh, and it's still going to happen. It was supposed to be at the beginning of um, the beginning of next month. And a, it was booked before way, 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 way before COVID was ever a thing. B, I, it was probably the wedding or one of the weddings I was looking most forward to. It was just going to be in like a, in a crazy, amazing place. Um, and we got to know the couple and they were super sweet and super fun. And like, um, you know, all of our couples, we almost end up becoming friends with because they're super cool. So it's like, imagine we get paid to travel and like hang out with friends pretty much. It's awesome. And get to do what I love, which is photography. Um, so she was gung ho about it. And she was like, no matter what, it's going to happen. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And literally like three days ago, she called us like pretty much devastated. Like we can't, we can't do it. Like no one's going to come. You know, she just, I think, I think what happened was the realization didn't hit her of like, not that this isn't real, but just that things are going to be better by then. Like, I think she had like a, like just this hope inside of her. That's like, things are going to be better by then. It's going to be cool. Like we're going to be away from like a big city. So it's going to be fine and whatever. And, and then the time came where her planner was just like, look, I'm sorry, we can't do it. You know, between the planner, the venue, the travel, the older people, the masks, like she didn't want to have a COVID wedding and I don't blame her. Like, I don't think that it's going to be cool in 20 years from now when you're looking at your wedding pictures and everyone's in a mask. Like, I don't <laughs> think that's a good look. Like, so, seriously, like that's not what you want to remember about like for that, just wait, man. You know, it's kind of like a weird, it's a weird thing to say. Cause I want to shoot weddings. Don't get me wrong. Like I definitely want to be there and I want to shoot it, but it's, why would you want your photos to look like that? You know? So, off that like photography is kind of like capturing a moment in time and this is the time right now like i was talking to another professional photographer friend like yeah like like now that they have the new order in miami where you have to wear masks all the time indoors or outdoors i'm like okay so go do a family portrait shoot with masks on because hey guess what we're wearing masks for the entire freaking year and that's what this time, this yeah, is what your no, kids' I get you. second year I get, of life was like. I get you. I and I and I am totally about like documentarian, like sh like shooting the moment as it is, and that's it. Um, but I don't think that not a wedding. There, yeah, a wedding specifically, right? It's just it's not not something that I personally for if if I were having my wedding now, I would definitely postpone it. Like I would not yeah. want to remember our wedding like this and not and it's just there's so many facets to it, man. Like um I'm supposed to be shooting I have I'm I'm from Wisconsin originally and my cousin is getting married in September. Uh my cousin has a special needs kid who is if you know, he can't get sick. He's super high risk. And essentially the do her doctor told her like, look, you can't have a wedding. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You can't. Not her yeah. doctor, her kid's, her kid's doctor. Right. So she called me today. Like 
literally has been crying all day. She's like, I'm going to lose the deposit on my venue. Like, you know, they gave me some options, but it's like, why would you want to have a wedding where everyone can't even speak to each other? Cause everyone's got to be spread apart. Um, no one can come say hi to the bride and groom because you can't get close yeah. to them. You can't have any high risk family members, which means basically any of the older generation that you would want specifically in your pictures are not going to be able to be there. How are you going to take pictures with your family? Like, well, you're going to spread people six feet apart and then take the picture like a wide shot. Like, I don't know, man. It's just no, like, no, for weddings, I a hundred percent. Like I, I feel like if you have a wedding right now, you're a selfish person putting your entire family in danger. That's well, how I feel about a, a wedding like, at I mean, this moment. It's, it's hard like, to, it's really, it's really difficult to like, to say that people are selfish about it. Um, because I think it's more complicated than that. Uh, it's, it's like a lot of money has been spent and then a lot of like wedding vendors aren't being very fair about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So they were like, look, this was your wedding day. And if you don't do it this day, you lose all your money, you know? And then it's like some, the weddings that I do are like really high production. So they're really expensive weddings. You're talking about like tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars that could be at stake. Right. Um, you know, so it's, it's really difficult to make the call, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I don't think anybody's trying to put anyone's life at risk over having a wedding. Um, and then if they are, I don't think that the guests or the family of those people are willing to risk their own lives to go to a wedding. You know what I mean? Like they're going to end. Right. If anyone does have a wedding now, they're just, people are going to be like, well, okay, cool. Good for you. But like, I'm not going, you know, right. I have a friend that his cousin's getting married and like, she was supposed to be getting married in, in Barbados or something. And he was in, I think, in like October and he was like, I'm not going to that. Like I'm not getting on a plane. I'm not traveling anywhere. I'm not traveling to Barbados. Like I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm not going to a wedding where there's like a party of people and like I'm stuck there. It's not like you're just going to a ceremony and leaving. It's just so many, like I said, it's really, it's multifaceted. Mm -hmm. um, and so many things to think about. And it's been really difficult. Not, not, just for us, but for our brides, for our couples and their families. And like, you know, man, like we had, we were really supposed to be really busy this year. We was, we had over 30 weddings booked. Um, so many trips booked like trips and like work trips. We were supposed to go to Japan. That didn't happen. Like it's been a tough year because of all this. All right. Like I remember you were telling me before all this started, how many your different weddings that you're going to travel for and everything. You're super excited about all of those. And yeah, dude, it was going to be a big year. Gone to crap. Yeah. But my question in particular was not about weddings. And I know that's ridiculous, but I meant like the photos you did with my family. Like if mm -hmm. we were to do them now, like granted the photos would kind of suck because we have masks on, but in 20 years when he really doesn't even give a crap, but Hey bro, look at this. You were alive during like a pandemic and we all had to wear masks. And like, I think that's yeah. All It'll be a cool I, memory. Not cool, obviously, because but an interesting memory looking back on it 20 years in the future. Well, I mean, if I'm interacting with clients, I'm wearing a mask, period. Like, 
it's really uncomfortable. It's hard to shoot. My EVF gets all fogged up. Like I have to shoot with the LCD screen, which I don't really like enjoy doing. I like to like look in the viewfinder mm -hmm. um, when I shoot, but it is what it is. Like as you know, as a service professional, I have to wear a mask, uh, and I'm not putting my my clients at risk. Um, so I leave the mask thing up to the client. Um, some we I've had some clients that like will wear a mask at least for some of the photos, you know, just to kind of like remember this. And but that's totally up to them. True. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not shooting anything except besides the kids these days because I'm not same thing. Not leaving and trying to risk that. So, um, which sucks because I, you know I don't get to go out that much as it is. And I, you know, a lot of times I used to actually do shootings when I travel for work. I go to Seattle for work every now and then, probably like at least once a quarter for some other places. It'd be nice to kind of a get away from like the family and like go somewhere different and get a chance to like walk around like after or before work. Uh, and you know, that's gone cause I'm not traveling anywhere, at least not anytime soon as well. So, um, for now it's just, you know, try to <laughs> document the, the family and the kids and what's going on here. And you know, then that, that's like, important though, man. Home. That's yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're growing fast. It was my son's third birthday a couple weeks ago or last weekend, something like that, the fourth, fourth of July. So, you know, that's, I'll break out the camera for that. And, you know, Every now and then when they go in the back, we just got new new grass in the back. So, so they've been outside of, in, the, in the back playing a lot. So I've been getting photos of them doing that rather than just being in the house as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's about it for the foreseeable future. I mean, I was hoping that things would have gotten a little bit better and been able to at least probably go out, you know, to the usual spots and wear masks and go up and down. But I, I'm, I'm personally just not risking it. It's just not worth it to me. It's, it's a difficult call. Um, I definitely miss street shooting a lot uh street shooting is something i do for myself i don't you know i don't do street photography professionally um but it's it's essentially non-existent right now uh and in the way that miami as a city is set up there's not really any way to do it you know i went out to little havana for the first time since it's all started two weeks ago mask on the entire time i was out for about 40, 50 minutes, nowhere near the level of people that were there before. It was like the locals and maybe five or six tourists that I saw. Every, not everybody had a mask on. Most people did. You're able to stay away from it. I didn't get close to anybody the entire time I was there. And it wasn't terrible. I won't do it as consistently as I was doing it before. I probably will do it again this weekend one time. I just go out and not, I used to be out there for like three hours a day. I'm not going to be out there for three hours. I used to be out there three or four times a week. I'm not going to do that either. That's way too risky. But once every couple of weeks for 30, 40 minutes, walk around, mask on, and stay away from everybody. Like, don't get, if you want, if you want your photos to be better, get closer. Nah, we'll, we can stay <laughs> far away and get some. And we could crop later. I got 24. Yeah, megabits that's why with. you need the M10R, man. So you can crop. <laughs> no, that's why yeah, you need right? the Q2. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I actually, extended. I actually had a project, if you will, in mind for um, doing some shooting at Hollywood Beach just because it's, again, interesting. It has a bit of character to it, at least here in Broward County. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I've seen 
pictures and video of people there and I'm like, it looks a little bit more packed than I really expected. So, right. You know, and, and it's a beach that the place where I go is like, kind of like a, a broad walk thing. So, you know, you're probably, I guess if it's lower capacity and lower amount of people there, you could actually avoid people, but it's just, again, um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see it something I really want to risk at the moment, you know, at least, at least for that specific place. So. Right. Right. Yeah. It's strange times, man. Strange times. Hopefully this gets better soon. People wear their masks and uh, we can get back to traveling. And I think that's the part I miss the most is traveling uh, and being able to make photos while traveling. Um, and, and it's nothing, man. Just, get back to work, get back to seeing my clients without a mask on would be amazing. Something yeah. I definitely miss. Uh, and, and nothing. I just, I'm glad we're doing this though. This is fun. Yeah. It's something photography related. <laughs> yeah. It's not developing. Yeah, film absolutely. Either. <laughs> so, so next time maybe we can talk about some photo books, some other cameras, uh, not only like, a because <laughs> you know fujis matter i like my fujis, fujis, matter. fujis are important fujis matter yeah, fujis fujis matter, matter for sure yeah <laughs> so all right guys thanks for uh thanks for hold doing on this and you, well before we do this like christian like you're a professional photographer where can people find you what do you do yeah uh yeah i guess getting people on instagram would help right um <laughs> so my business page is uh, my last name, Arevalo. Uh, so it's A-R-E-V-A-L-O dot C-O underscore. Um, that's going to be our business page. Uh, my wife works with me. And I, I point this way because her office is right next door. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's Arevalo and Company. Um, and we do weddings and portraiture. And then my personal page is my full name, Christian Arevalo, with underscores before and after. So underscore Christian Arevalo underscore. Mark. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I run, if you will, um, a street photography focused Instagram account. Uh, it's at souls and street um, souls, like, you know, person soul and a and D street. Uh, that's primarily where I'm posting stuff these days. I mean, I have a personal account, but it's on private. Um, I've been trying to introduce things that are not particularly street just because again, I'm not shooting a lot of street stuff. Uh, so I'm thinking about probably, you know, reworking that or I don't know if you want to call it rebranding it or just changing the theme up just to keep it a little bit, um, make it a little bit more uh, open format, if you will. Right. Just cause it's, you know, right. again, it's hard to do street only, but I'm still kind of toying with that idea, but I just don't post as often as, as before because of, you know, not being able to go out, but that's my primary uh, place of posting these days. Cool. And I, Guess I also run an Instagram page, People of Little Havana. It's street photography on Calle Ocho, Miami. So it's like four blocks that I just post photos from. It used to be every day, and then it went on to three days a week. Now it's sporadically because I'm just sad about life in COVID land. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to get back into it. I've made a few posts in the last couple of weeks. And I post a lot of my stories, but it's mostly COVID rants, baby pictures, and political posts. So if you want to see that, <laughs> feel free to follow. If you don't, I recommend you stay away until COVID ends. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll do this again soon. 
Definitely. Yeah, it was fun. Cool. Take care, guys. Bye. All right, guys. Later. Later. All right. Or if you want... Okay, go. I'm doing this totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that part in. Leave that part in. That, that will show everything. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>